0: You're about to listen to an all new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single week over on geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy helping us keep this show free, and I know you do, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity, where we have all kinds of levels that get you some fantastic awards and benefits, but if you can't help us out there, just please share this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing theme brought to you by Nerd Rock Group, Megathruster. And now... Let's get on with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio.
1: One, two, three,
0: It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So
2: many issues a day into which we must delve.
0: We're gonna talk about The stuff that makes you scream and shout Hit the red alert, we're going more back 12. Thanks for pressing play. Hi, hello, and welcome to Issue 542 of Geek in the City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Duran.
1: I'm one of your other hosts, Bean Rita.
0: I'm Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise. (laughs) Damn it. We should have all, you know, (laughs) we should have been better at that one. Like, I thought about doing it, but then I didn't want, like, Denise to get mad at me for, like, you didn't warn me and I have nothing ready. Yeah, that's fair.
1: I wouldn't have. I would not have had anything ready.
2: Yep. In this case, she can get mad at me for, like... Coming up behind, ruining everything. Right. Heard... Yeah,
1: just upstaging everybody at the
0: last. Jeez, it's kind of my go-to maneuver.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you.
0: Is it the Hashitani maneuver?
2: <laughs> yes, that's the Hashitani
0: maneuver. Upstaging nice. at
2: the last minute.
0: Yeah, I like that. Oh, it's got that's a good a... ring to it. That's a little too on the nose, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've done
2: that before. How's everybody? Uh, how's everybody holding up? By leaning against heavy objects. <laughs> <laughs> Cat. Cat. Uh, Manju. I, got,
1: I got nothing for that. Um, I'm fine. Uh, mostly fine. I had a, kind of a shit mood yesterday for no no real reason. No, no impetus. No, nothing like set me off, but it was just like a crappy day.
0: Yeah. I, but you, we're going to have a lot more of those.
1: I, I think I was just probably groggy because two nights prior I didn't get any sleep. I was up until 6 thirty.
0: Oh yeah, I saw that.
1: And then so and then I finally fell asleep and I was up by eleven, which sounds Gross. like more sleep than it felt like. Um, and so then I was just not very, I was pretty lethargic all day, uh, went to bed early, slept for twelve hours, uh, and then woke up the yesterday lethargic again but from like <laughs> oversleeping and just not not in a great mood
0: but today was just right
1: yeah, Today was nice and productive that's good I cleaned, I cleaned my house a little bit i cooked a nice dinner <clears throat> i did a workout
0: mm, i had to be better about working out
1: <laughs> i thought you already worked out like every day anyway
0: uh, but losing the gym has really like slowed me down, and it's just so fucking cold in the morning that I don't want to go for my jog when it's thirty-nine degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, but rain. I, Usually. but I, and raining. But I do need to be better about that. Otherwise, like all the hard work I've spent months doing is just gonna whoo, vanish.
1: No, I really, I really wish that I had a scale going into this. I had one, and it oh, yeah. busted. <laughs> No, I do, because I want some sort of measurable way to kind of see how things are going.
0: Actually, that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. By the
1: time you can feel your body going downhill, it's kind of already too late.
0: (laughs) By the time (laughs) the new rolls are appearing, it is far too late to fix them. (laughs) At which point you just give in to inertia and go. Just go with it. Just fuck it. Just give me a bunch of pizza rolls doesn't matter anymore. Everything's garbage. Yep. <laughs> we, we've been we've
2: been managing all right here, but man, I do miss being able to go to the climbing gym.
0: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just I'm just going to start training like in the Rocky Four montage and just start climbing Mount Tabor and chopping logs and then getting to the top and yelling for vengeance against Drago. <laughs> Did I Drago? oh, like, that's going to be the new plan from now on. Like, that's how it's going to have to be. <laughs> mm. Yep. Sippy cups. Adult sippy cups. So today, uh, on the show, I think we're just going to talk about Picard, right?
1: Uh, I think that was the plan.
0: Yeah, there's nothing else planned on there. there. There were a few new comics that came out this week, but I didn't share any of them because I figured we were just going to talk about Picard the whole time. Well, that and... No one else is going to be able to read it. Okay, right. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, yes. said, oh I haven't watched it yet. Gonna bail. Yeah, fair enough. Bail. Bye, Lauren. <laughs> Bye, Lauren. Uh, those to who us are later. Yeah. Yeah. Those who are, if you are going to tune in live, you're not going to hear this caveat. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, this is going to be so spoiler-filled. Like we're not even going to try to not. Uh, we're yeah. It's just by the nature there's going to be spoilers throughout it. So. You have been warned. Yep. We're just talking about Picard. That's yeah. all we're doing. Um, like, I don't know if there's a need to do, like, that big of any kind of recap. I mean, it's... So, where, where
2: were we at in the show when we talked about it last? Was that after episode five?
0: No, I only think we got to the first arc. Basically, because he spends, what, two episodes on Earth? Three. Three. So I think we started at the end of three then. Yeah, because the. Because we the just first... treated that as act one. Right. Yeah.
1: Yes, that is correct.
2: And then it was like four standalone episodes, five standalone episodes, and then the last two episodes were one arc. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, episode three kind of establishes he's getting you know he's building a gang essentially because then after they take off the first stop they make is um uh the the planet with the romulan refugees mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then they find Annika or seven of nine uh and then what yeah you're right they're kind of they're kind of standalone uh, in terms of like what happens
0: yeah I mean, they're all a grander picture, but they do kind of stand alone, mm-hmm. as it were.
2: Well, largely so that they can introduce uh, introduce characters individually and give a little more room for us to learn who they are before he has to figure, before Picard actually figures out what's going on and what he actually has to do.
0: Right. And I, you know, and that's something we can just jump right into. I I, I rather appreciated the the slow burn of of Picard. I know some people were like, it doesn't really get good until, you know, episode four or whatever. And I just don't know if I, you know, sign on with that. I
1: don't know about that. I feel like the first episode is a pretty good hook. And then, you know, as we established, the next two sort of are one component. I think I think it was pretty well paced out.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel too. I mean And really, the first two episodes are basically one story arc. And then, well, even the first three are almost, you know, the first first three are kind of on their own. When uh,
2: it premiered in L.A., they showed the first three episodes as one arc. Right. Uh, Because my friend Eric was down there for that. Uh, That's so cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So he had like three weeks of waiting for everyone to catch up to where he was before he could start talking to everybody, mm. right?
0: Um, I don't know where we want to kind of want to take off about this, where we want to kind of start on it. Um,
2: let well, first, what's everyone's overall feeling about all ten episodes? Gene, you
0: want to kick it off?
1: Um, sure. Uh. I think it's a it's almost two stories. You know, there's the first component where he discovers um what Dosh? Is that the first Dodge. one's name? Dodge. Dodge. Yeah. Uh you know, he meets Dodge and he starts to kind of uncover this um the concept of sense being out there and not only still not only still being made, but um like being way more advanced than they ever used to be, like from you know the, what the model that he's most used to knowing, um, but then also there's the separate component of the uh, this Romulan myth and the secret society of people who are wanting to protect uh, prevent this second coming.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, the uh, Vash.
1: The Zhat Vash, yes, yeah, um, and they they marry the two stories really well together. You know, so you've got this sort of, like, new, compo- this, new this new element of, uh, of, of storytelling, this, this lore within the Star Trek universe that I've never heard before. I don't know if it's ever been, like, hinted at or mentioned in other series.
0: The Jean um, Vash? Yeah. No, uh-uh. Never.
1: A, you know, and then, but then also you get all of the nostalgia of having Picard and reuniting with some of his friends whom we know, as well as people from his past that we don't know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, and I felt like, well, if you, in terms of how I felt about the show, um, overall, I, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was very strong storytelling. Um, I, I didn't have any bad episodes. I had episodes that I liked more than other ones, but there was you know, when the credits began to roll, I never thought like, well, that was a wasted, whatever, 48 minutes. Like, you didn't need to tell that story or that was not a well-told whatever. Um, every once in a while, I would feel some pacing issues in the in the series overall. Um, and I don't want to say I didn't dislike the ending, but I felt like they kind of... Um, I don't even want to know if that's one of the easy way out. I I got the impression that Michael Shabon had written this and then they got into like two or three episodes and CBS was like, You're getting to season two. And they're like, Okay, uh, alright. Because um, I get the impression that Michael Shabahan had plotted this out believing he was just getting one season. Yes. I, really, I would agree with that. That's really how it felt.
1: Uh that's I I also would agree with that. I think that they um they reveal uh, Picard's terminal illness in episode two.
0: Yes. Right.
1: Uh, and then they doesn't get mentioned again until almost the very end.
0: Right. And they kind of hinted at it in, you know, next gen, back in all good things. They, they do hint at it. Um, I don't remember that, but then it's been a long time since I've seen. So they never in the Picard, they never give his illness a name. But in Next Gen, during all oh, right. traumatic syndrome, and yeah. he looks at Beverly and says, why do you just look like you've just given me my death sentence? And she's like, it could be nothing. People can go happy long lives with this, but you know, seeing this now, it kind of concerns me. So Right, because is-
2: that was tied up in everyone thought he was losing his mind because he was talking about Q and things from the past. and Right, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, um... And, uh, that's interesting that you point out that like, there isn't a specific diagnosis because in Picard, it seemed like uh, his doctor friend wasn't sure what it was. He wanted to do more testing, but he's like, either way, like which pick pick whichever one you want. The prognosis is kind of the same for all of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but <clears throat> you know, tonally, I I really enjoyed it. I think it's telling a a story that kind of needs to be told right now and that's something i think star trek has has always done really well agreed um it reflects the at least when star trek's done well it reflects the timeline that we're in um and i think star trek or i think picard definitely does that with this season Mm -hmm. you've got so many things going on you've got you know questions about refugee rights and you know what counts as you know human who's allowed to live who's not what does fear and paranoia do to a society that on the surface appeared to be a utopia there's a lot of stuff uh that picard attempts to unpack or at least ask the questions you know right. um so as a whole like i i really enjoyed it and i appreciate that that's something that the show was was doing um so yeah cable okay, well, what were your uh
2: uh, my overall uh, impression of Picard was uh, like, I'm happy with it. Um, some of it was where I thought it was going to go. Some of it was not where I thought it was going to go. Um, I think what it does, for me, what it does for the Star Trek universe is I feel like it it opens the door to allow the Star Trek franchise, like speaking solely from a franchise standpoint, right? it, it allows it to Enter the same realm and compete with Star Wars in a way that it has never been able to do before, Um, largely because of characters they introduced um, and unfinished plot lines they introduced, and it wasn't that they just weren't part of the main storyline, which had to do with uh, Soji and Daj and um, the the planet of the Synths, Um, but the like the plight of the XBs, um, what actually happened with the rest of the Romulans? Where the fuck is the Klingon Empire? All of these things that went unanswered that weren't really, either weren't talked about or were just hinted at. They're just in the background sitting there going, someone else can write those stories. Someone Mm -hmm. else can step right up and do those. Much the way that Disney has been doing with the Mandalorian for Star Wars.
0: Right. Yeah, and there's, I mean, you could arguably, you can play with, you can play with, eras now you can tell stuff between essentially between what uh nemesis and and picard because mm-hmm. that's really the last time we heard about the current star wars or star star trek universe was <laughs> was nemesis <laughs> um other than the flashback scene in the on tw- the 2009 abrams the kelvin one right uh when spock's talking about i tried to save them i failed right. all of romulus died kind of thing um so you can you can play with that too, which is <clears throat> you know a really interesting interesting way to play with it. That's where I feel that
2: um I know that the impression that we are left with is that uh Jerry Ryan is joining as a cast regular for season two because she's sitting on the bridge with the rest of the La Serena crew. Um with her girlfriend. Yes. I I realize that that is one interpretation and probably the correct one, but I feel like there's other interpretations of what was happening in that moment. Um, like, I
0: 100% believe that both of those characters are queer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's space and who the fuck cares at this point? Well, uh, and both characters, it's, w- you know, we've got the new character, but they established pretty early on with her. And it was always implied in Voyager Jerry Ryan has gone on record to say many times she just assumed Seven was by, and there would have been more explicit with it if Rick Berman wasn't terrified of the gays. Yes,
2: but there, there is also a moment like that—that that bit of handholding and that bit of connection between Rafi and and uh, Seven. They—they're they're both grieving mothers at the same time. Right. I, yeah, I can see that also, and the fact that they have just. They have newly met each other and been able to talk about some things. Like watching Picard die, uh, probably brought up a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions that they they dealt with. Right. Um. So, I had a I had a thread. I'm sorry, I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, <laughs> but the thing about Seven is, I I feel like there is a. I feel like one of these untitled uh, Star Trek shows that they've said that they're making. Mm-hmm. Like in it, uh, on top of what they're already doing, like there's two untitled ones, <clears throat> right? I feel like one of them is either solely a show about the Fenris R- Rangers starring yeah. Jerry Ryan that takes place either in the present time or it's a prequel to this where we get to see Seven of Nine with the Fenris Rangers and get to see a lot of other events of what's going on leading up to the events of Picard. Um, I think I believe that because that also feels like a way to, even though he's his character passed, died, that's a way to bring back Jonathan Del Arco's Hugh and have them interact because the, the signal beacon that um, Elnor used to Signal 7, or the Fenris yeah. Rangers, was Hugh's signal beacon, not Picard's. But I thought she gave it to him. On she the way gave out. it to Picard. She, but Hugh had oh, no. Okay. Hugh gave it to hit Elnor.
0: <clears throat> oh, I missed that little bit there. Yep. Okay, I could see that because I wasn't sure if it was implied that those two had run into each other before this series. If you watch the ready room where um, Wheaton interviews both uh,
2: Jerry Ryan and Jonathan Del Arco, they right. talk about that. That was. Part of the backstory that's not on scene, on screen anywhere, but those two characters have a history of interacting.
0: Oh, okay. Because right. they
2: have, they, th- like they were they're saying, their characters also have very different ideas about what should have been done with the Borg cube.
0: Like,
2: okay. Seven was
0: not a fan of the Reclamation Project. <laughs> okay. I don't, I must say, I missed that completely somehow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool so that that's my impressions of the
2: show is I, I think it's opened the door for even more trek I, I think at Paramount Smart they will just push over a bag of money and go here you go <laughs> make as much Star Trek as you
0: want which just, I am totally cool down nuts. for I yep. am good with that
1: they opened a lot of doors there was a lot of backstory that was hinted at but not well obviously mean, not deeply revealed because you know like for example um rios and his history in starfleet he he did talk about it some but that Mm -hmm. you could like you could do a whole deep dive into just that yep
0: oh yeah as well as like
1: how annika or seven which one is she specifically going by these days i wasn't clear
0: she still goes by seven she doesn't like and i actually wouldn't mind that being addressed sometime in a future show um, was it
1: just the Borg that still refers to her as Annika for some reason? No, it
0: was the Romulan who calls her Annika.
1: No, no, no. When she's hooked up, and um, you know, because she goes to like uh, assimilate oh. all of the uh, sleeping. Yeah, the, collecti- the collective.
0: The mm-hmm. collective calls her Annika.
1: Okay, that's um, what I was asking. I think um, it's
0: because when she's the queen in that scene, mm-hmm. she is not. She is unique. She will not be seven of nine. Gotcha. Is, that she, makes sense. Annika.
1: Um, but how she got to be where she is, I, I would watch a whole series about just that, probably.
0: Yeah.
2: Have either of you watched the Ready Room episodes?
0: Yeah, I've watched all of them. I watch all of The one with 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 Hugh and and oh seven. okay.
2: Oh, it's so good.
0: Yeah. Um, she
2: Jonathan Del Arco talks about some stuff that I'm like. that informed his hue from day one through
0: what he did in Picard. I do remember that, because he's mentioned it in some interviews also. Yep. uh, How, yeah, his own life has informed hue on on many occasions, which is both, like, wonderful and heartbreaking also. What do you know Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Bean, have you watched those yet?
1: Uh Uh-uh.
2: I highly recommend them. I think the most surprising thing about The Ready Room is that Will Wheaton is the only person that could have hosted that.
1: I'm not sure how to process that. I don't really care for Will Wheaton.
2: His, um, he, as an actor, he knows how to ask questions of other actors that allow them to give open-ended answers and expound more on their thoughts and their ideas rather than very pat answers. He also will ask a question and then just sit there quietly while the other person talks. Yeah amazes me
0: i think the other thing that helps with him interviewing also is that since he has been in star trek for so long
2: mm-hmm.
0: he is not ne- he never asks the question what was it like you know being on the bridge of this ship even if you're even if it's a cast member who's brand new to the series through picard he doesn't ask them how does it feel to step into like such a legacy in a history because he knows how it fucking feels it's mind-blowing yeah. it's You. Know it's mean? a pretty
1: basic question
0: yeah. But everyone who's not worked in Trek always asks a Trek actor that. Like, what's it like to walk on the set of a bridge? And, you know. Instead, he phrased it as... cool. Yeah. He'll phrase it as, so
2: I remember when I was 13 and was sitting on the set and we did this and that was amazing. So I, I imagine that that was similar to what happened with you. What do you think about this, this, and this, though? Which is completely separate and, yeah. and expands on it. And they'll go, I'm so glad that you... That you uh, ask that question, and they'll just go off. It is—he is is really, really excellent at at doing that, and he—he treats everyone with the same level of respect, whether they're brand new to the um, the series or whether it's people he's worked with for thirty years, like or known for thirty years. Like, uh, he refers to Frakes and Spiner when he interviews them as my two dads.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I did think it was hilarious i think it was like episode eight or nine the one where they had patrick stewart on maybe it was episode 10 it was episode 10 uh where patrick stewart like has to finally admit that he didn't know that people called his shirt pulled the picard maneuver until like season five of next gen when he overheard frake saying it and he's like mm-hmm. what did you just say he's like you know the picard maneuver you know the picard maneuver and you stand up and do this and he's like what does everyone call it that? And they're all like, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, if
1: you if you had a maneuver uh named after you, what would it be?
0: Mine? Like what would I do?
1: Yeah, what's your tick?
0: Uh oh my gosh, I don't know, but now I'm gonna be all full of like anxiety, wondering what my tick is.
1: <laughs> uh Cable, you got one?
0: Um
2: that's a, actually a question for other people. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't know. Y- you'd have to ask people that we play poker with, and I don't play poker with anyone. Yeah, that's true. He does play Fizbin, but not poker. <laughs> uh, uh, Norm says his would be the brisket rub, where he rubs his head. All right, I get it. Yep. That works. <laughs> What is the background song? I think Beans watching TV.
1: Uh actually no, you know what that is? <laughs> no. I think Christian's recording music in the back room. The door okay. is closed.
0: <laughs> yep. Now it's all I'm going to hear. Yep. That that's him.
1: Well, and if I can turn my microphone down a bit. <laughs>
0: Yep, that's what I hear now. Okay. I was
1: wondering if you guys could hear it or not, because oh, I can yeah. hear it. Oh yeah. Over assumed my it was headphones. Your,
0: I just assumed it was your TV.
1: No, no, no. Uh, t- <laughs> when I said when I said TV earlier, I meant my browser. But uh,
0: oh, and no sack. They won't because it's an original song. Oh, he just coughed. We heard that.
1: <laughs> no, actually, I, I think it. Oh, well, Wow. <laughs> How do I turn this down? Um in the think, City
0: Radio guest starring Christian. Did you guys um, hear TV that? Hmm?
1: Did you guys hear that? There's,
0: no, but but now I'm listening there's, for there's everything. now there's
1: booms going on outside.
0: Oh, because well, I'm, I'm
1: upset. The cat's upset.
0: It's seven o'clock, so everyone's going to start going off on fireworks and banging pots and pans and singing.
1: Well, seven o'clock is the is the time for fireworks. It's not even getting dark out no, yet. No,
0: it's the thing now because I guess most hospital shift changes happen at seven. So everyone is, like, thanking them, mm. which I get on principle, but also part of me would be like, okay, if you want to sing for your window, that's great, but Portland, could you not Portland and not blow shit up? Please, like, so that's what I think is what it is. Is this better? Well, now we can't hear you. We're just going to have to have singing, that's all.
1: Okay. It's fine. It's,
0: just, I it's guess fine. I just
1: the way it's going to be. Um... Well what's funny is I told him he should do it on Wednesday instead of a different night because I was already gonna be hogging the space, so he should he would it would already make sense for him to leave the room.
2: And he did. Yep. It's hilarious. I <laughs> know we can mock him later. It's... Well
1: now I don't remember what we were on about.
0: Uh we were just talking about Our usual the,
2: bullshit. The, <laughs>
0: well, no, we were talking about the characters in Picard and stuff like that. True. Um Um, so there's a
2: question. Um of the of the characters this season and yeah. this includes Picard because Patrick the Picard that Patrick Stewart gave us for Star Trek Picard is informed by Next Gen Picard but is still vastly different
0: oh yeah very um, much different
2: who which character really popped out to you and you went oh you i like i love the entire cast at this point the or especially the entire crew of the serena but who
0: who did you go you you're good uh i mean in terms of performances i mean yeah you're right they were all really really good um uh man it's hard for me to pick one they all have moments that really make me excited. Patrick Stewart is always going to be Patrick Stewart, and he's always going to be perfect. Well, will it make it easier if I say mine? I mean, you can say yours, but I'm still going to have more than one. I just I can't yeah. pick just one.
1: What's yours, Cable?
2: Mine is Allison Pill, who played Dr. Agnes Girardi.
1: Really? Why? Why? Why her?
2: Because I believe as an actor, she managed to take us on quite the roller coaster of... I don't know how I feel about you. Oh, I like you. I hate you. I like you. I, oh, I now I really hate you again. Oh, I love you. <laughs> um, uh,
1: she was probably the most fallible of all the characters in this, I think.
2: Yep. I also like that every time you move just a little bit to your left, we get shirtless Rios in the background. Oh, when he's playing yeah. soccer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hadn't seen him there before. Tiny shirtless Captain Rios. There. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I hadn't realized that. Well, now I'll just stay over here. <laughs> um,
2: um, there were just, especially towards the latter, like uh, two or three episodes, there were scenes that she gave where she had no dialogue, and yet everything, absolutely everything that she was thinking and feeling she wore right on her face and it was incredible. Like like there there were a couple um chin quivers that she had that I just almost started breaking down crying. Yeah. Because it's like, oh man, oh I feel feel for you. Yeah. So I could totally see that. And this is this is an actress that I have only ever known from as playing Kim Pine from Scott Pilgrim yeah that's
1: the only thing i know her from
2: she was apparently she does a lot of theater and she does a, uh, she was on newsroom with uh, jeff daniels oh okay yep right y- yes also in a season of american horror story but she's a classically trained actress so that's why uh, in the ready room um she and patrick stewart like are so clicky with one another like they, they're just they kind of have that behind they're the theater stage. Nerds? They're theater nerds, and they're having little theater nerd moments the entire time.
0: Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, I can see that.
1: Okay, why didn't you tell think... me to watch this like a week ago? What? what? <laughs> this uh, this ready room
0: business. Oh, I always watched it right after. But I would always watch Picard like Thursday morning. I'd have coffee
1: oh, and my breakfast. I'm sorry. And I'd work on I didn't stuff. Realize it was an after.
2: Yeah, it it's like the after show that they had for Discovery with yeah. the, right, right, right. but they the host that they had for that was a, a copy of Aaron minus the personality. <laughs> oh, thanks.
1: <laughs> I do remember
2: you mentioning that. And then season
0: two, they did these horrible Facebook lives, and I would hope they go back to. Gross. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. I'm like, don't I don't want to log into Facebook to, and it's all glitchy. I will watch it on your app. Don't be stupid. Um, You're starting to phase out into a new dimension. Oh, <laughs> it's like the fucking Requiem for Methuselah. Yeah, kind of. Kind of, in I'm like, oh, oh no! Sorry. <laughs> I didn't, no, that, only the, that only works for the people actually watching us right now. That's just annoying to podcast listeners. I, I, I well, then
1: they should be here. They should. Look, it's free to be here, watching and talking with us right now.
0: That's true. <laughs> what else are they going to do? Hand gestures. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, for me, if I had to pick, yeah, I don't have a favorite. <laughs> um, I had moments. Any of them? We'll talk about the moments where they. So I really loved Michelle Hurd as Raffi Um. There's a lot about her, especially her past, that um, hit me on, like, emotional levels I was not expecting. She's Um,
1: really great as an emotional actress. mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, she had some moments in terms with her her addiction, but also being very kind, but also self-destructive, that Mm -hmm. made me think of my uncle who passed away this year from his alcohol addiction issues. Um, but was also, like, incredibly kind. That, that dude would be dirt poor, and he would still try and help you out, but he couldn't beat his own demons kind of thing. Sure. So a lot of, like, the stuff with Rafi hit me way harder than I expected. Like, it just came out of nowhere. Um,
1: she has a line where she says that she's, like, she's not a good person. She has various remnants and components of a good person that can be cobbled together in an emergency and i yeah. thought that was really brilliant oh my god yeah think that a lot of people can find that relatable
0: yeah and the way she played certain scenes i uh, like the scene with her son and when she meets who's going to be you know well when she meets what is essentially her daughter-in-law and knows that she's going to have a grandchild that is probably never going to see them um And then she just kind of cashes out on that. She's like, okay, like, I'm not going to force it. Um, Was real rough, but also felt incredibly true and honest.
1: I I felt very, very real. Like exactly the sort of thing that's, that played out exactly like you would expect it to in real life. That sort of combination of like joy, like just like extreme joy for something wonderful happening in your family, but also the simultaneous pain of realizing that's not, that's not for you. Yeah. Ooh, you've you've lost that
0: chance. Yeah. Uh I really enjoyed, even though he didn't get a whole lot of screen time, I really enjoyed um uh Evan Evagora as Elnor, or as like nerds like to call him, uh the Tolkien Romulan, the Elfin Romulan. Sure. Legolas Legolas Romulan or whatever.
1: Yep. He's um, probably my
0: favorite. He's really fun. He's what I love is that he is literally like this. Like this this living personification of death. Like he could kill without like a without breaking a sweat, literally raised by Romulan Warrior Ninja nuns. Mm -hmm. But
1: he comes off as this like almost childlike innocence. He's
0: like a child. He is basically he is us returning the same way that we as viewers see Patrick Stewart becoming Picard again, is how he sees the actual Picard. Again, he's this larger-than-life character who's like, oh, you're you're back and you're going to take me on adventures? And then, like, the real world kind of comes crashing down on him.
1: But not just that. There's also this, this sense of resentment because he's like, oh, you left me behind and now you think you need me, so here you are, like, 20 years later. Um, yeah. And, you know, because of absolute candor, he's just, again, it's like he's a child. He has no sense or desire to kind of cushion... It the way he expresses his emotions uh, at Picard.
0: Right. And then when Picard, and then when he, re- when he thinks that, that Picard is dead, the breakdown he has in Raffi's arms just killed me. Yep. Like I was a ball because, and it made total sense. This is a character who, by, by nature of how he was raised and what he does, he likes to keep his emotions in check. Not like a Vulcan, not for reasons a Vulcan does, but for for other also equally important reasons. And Uh it's a double mourning. Eleanor, I think, finally, as an adult, sees the reason why Jean-Luc Picard made the choices when he didn't come back 20 years ago. Uh And did forget to have the talk where like, look, I was hurt, but I understand what you did. And he never gets to have the conversation because Picard dies. So it's right. it's it's a it's a double mourning that he then has to go through. And to a degree,
2: like when he tells uh, in the episode where they're on the cube and he tells uh, Picard to leave and take uh, Soji that he'll stay behind and buy them time, like he's giving him permission. It's like I know this was an issue before, but you now have my permission to leave me again.
0: Yeah. Now you, you have, have to. to. Yeah. You have to now. Um. And then, and then me not mentioning anybody else doesn't mean I didn't enjoy everyone. I enjoyed everyone. But for me, finally... Uh, whoa. What
2: was that? I think you... Un- Did Norm get unmuted?
1: Yes.
0: Yep, sorry. Twitchy thing. Um, but for me, the other performance that was just a, a joy to watch was uh, Santiago Cabrera uh, as Captain Rios. Rios. Yeah. Um, Rios himself, just a great... That's my favorite kind of captain—just a cigar chomping, curmudgeon old bastard. You know, that's one of my favorite archetypes. Who isn't really? Who isn't? No, it's a, it's a shell. No, no, yeah. no. I get it. It's it's a it's a wall to protect him. But all the different characters he played were just fantastic to watch. Oh yeah, that guy put in that guy put in a lot of work to do every one of those characters. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun.
2: They all like six different accents, seven including his own. are
1: they really that many?
2: There were there's
1: there No, a, there were
0: five. I guess there were five holograms. There were five. There was a basically it was every, it was like German there was the Irish medic, Irish.
1: the Scottish engineer, mm-hmm. the um the hospitality, who was uh, which one he was got,
0: that? I think he was British. York. Oh New York, yeah. Okay. The uh, no, I, I
1: The Spanish sorry. pilot. Yep. Um Oh no I'm sorry, the Irish was the medic, yes?
0: Yes. And then Sack right. just mentioned that he actually knows. Oh, you dick. You're just fucking with us. What,
1: what's I was doing? ready to believe it, that
0: he had two more accents, and then he said because he only showed us the first seven of nine. Oh. You're a monster. You I did That's fall funny. for it because of the way it played out in the chat. I was ready to. Look
2: well, at that. And Look and at that
0: self-satisfied smile on his sure. face. And, like, uh, with himself. That is smug. By the way, I will
1: say that is like the one uh, weird uh, positive side effect of all of this is we get to see our listeners' faces a little bit.
0: I know. I mean, that might be worse. No, it's not as bad as when Jen made me fall for the they won't let him cross the finish line joke.
1: What's that?
0: I told that on the, I think it was last week I mentioned that. Jen got me with that pun that Finland had to close its borders to anyone uh-huh. who's sick. And I said, oh. oh my God, why? And she's like, yeah, they don't want him to cross the finish line. Yeah. Uh- Block red that. <sighs> that's a good one though um so yeah he's he's fantastic in it he's great uh I also like that in the future, apparently uh soccer is the only sport that survived. yeah it's
1: not necessarily true. It's not the only one, it's just the only one we see.
0: Wait, well, I guess what? baseball got brought back because we they hint at it at ds nine yep, and there's the there's the Pike pioneers. Was that actually a
2: um, a soccer ball, or was that a Parisi Squares ball?
0: Uh, the way use... he is a soccer ball, okay. especially the way he's playing the, with it.
2: But don't they use a ball in Parisi Squares?
0: Yeah, but not not like that one. I mean, they Plus also looking, use them... listen to his natural accent. That dude plays some football. Yeah, that's, that's a, true. That's a soccer fan. Of course yeah, that's come on. <laughs>
2: um, I here's something that. I don't know who I've mentioned this to, and so I don't. Re- I apologize if I've mentioned it on the show before. But I had a realization about um, Rafi, that, uh, as far as her being a her, her primary role being security uh, and kind of being an investigator, right? It was when she started, like when she's talking to people and piecing things together when they're trying to figure out what was going on with Girardi, which she's, everything that had to do with the whole Romulan plot. Yeah. I just kind of watched her throughout the entire series and went Rafi is Columbo.
0: I know, I was thinking that too.
2: Like, that was an amazing like, because w- she's she has addiction issues. She seems like she's just grasping at straws making things up all the time
0: one more question just one more yeah. question
2: but she's always leading everyone down the path that she put forth
0: mm-hmm.
2: so that she because she knows how to find the answer and I thought that was an amazing like I don't know if they did that on purpose but it certainly comes across that way that that's her investigative style which is very disarming mm-hmm. um, and very effective. like You oh, yeah. you don't see it coming. You like you, you. look at her and you're like, nope, she's security. I'm not, I'm not going to give her anything. But then you end up telling her your grandma's recipe for something that you've never told another living soul. Right. <laughs> and also that you're a Romulan spy.
0: <laughs> well, she's not. But she, yeah, she can well, get you. But yeah. The,
2: yeah.
1: No, like, she gets it out of people.
0: Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I I, I I really liked it. Yeah, I liked that uh
2: that comparison uh, of her to Columbo.
1: Maybe <laughs> more about Colombo.
2: Uh like I don't I think I've probably seen like a couple episodes when I was a kid. It was on in the 70s and eighties.
0: Yeah. It's fun. Yep. One, um, but yeah,
2: it's one one more
0: question. Just one more, more question. One more question. Uh, the voice of the uh, the computer was played by Kate Bess, which means it was also the voice of Tomb Raider.
1: <laughs> I did not know that.
0: Yeah, weird. Fun. Yeah, That's weird. It is weird. Very weird. Uh, sorry.
2: Uh, I'm I'm just trying to think of other questions that we can ask ourselves to to keep the conversation going. What are you? Um... What is a plot point that came up in season 1 that you would like to see answered in season 2? Or is there another plot point that wasn't referenced that you would like to see brought up in season 2?
1: Huh.
0: Um Go ahead, Bean.
1: No, go ahead. I'm
2: No,
0: I got I got I'm trying to think about Um man, that I would like to see brought back up. Like we have the plight of the XBs Uh,
2: we still have the plight of the rest of the Romulans like we know what the hell, like we know what the Tal Shiar has been up to, we know what the Zhat Vash have been up to we don't know dick about the rest of the Romulan refugees.
0: I'd I'd like to see something where the Federation makes good on their promise to helping the Romulans
2: where clearly Mm -hmm. like
0: that shit went south and sour really quickly yep Um, so I'd like to see something with that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think.
2: There's the stuff with the Fenris Rangers
0: and then, yeah. Um, Go ahead. I'd like to, uh, you know, (laughs) find out how uh, Mr. Motti's hair salon's doing on the planet. Apparently it's doing (laughs) pretty well. (laughs) Such a dorky. A mot the barber. <laughs> um,
1: Actually, the Fenris Rangers is one that I would probably be pretty interested to see more of.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like it's kind of an obvious one, but yeah, I definitely want to see more of the Fenris Rangers. That mm-hmm. I, that's definitely something I want to hear more about. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something to really explore. I mean, but that makes me wonder what season two Picard is going to be about because it's never going to be an action show, and I feel like a show with the Fenris Rangers is going to be an, a more action show if they were to do one. Yeah. No. So, so, but other than that, like I'm, I'm not quite sure um, what I want to see. What about you, Bean?
1: Um, well, like I said, the Fenris Rangers.
0: Oh, sorry, that's right. Yeah.
1: Um. What else? God, that's mind you. Um, <laughs> like I said, I early I mentioned earlier, I would really like to know more about uh, like Rios's background. I think you could make a whole show out of just like whatever whatever his time in Starfleet was.
2: I feel like we're gonna get a lot more of Rios in the second season. Um. Which I'm gonna, which I'm pretty happy about. Would you just not? Would you not?
0: Thank you. <laughs> Everyone working with home with their kids and their and their animals. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right, Cabe. I think we're gonna get more of his information in in season two. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I guess I want to know what's gonna happen to the synths. Yeah. You
2: like, know. They have now. They now have diplomatic relations open. With a right. Federation, so that's that's a thing. Um, I like that. That was the the ploy on Picard's half to stave whatever thing whatever the uh, Romulans was going to do is if he had asked, if he got there first and asked for diplomatic relations.
0: That right, yeah, that was that was a perfect bit of chess. Which then then the Romulans have to commit an act of war to violate it, right? And they're in no position to do that. No. None. I will say the new warbirds, well, those are badass looking. They are. It it also begged the question, it's like, if you have all these resources,
2: why are there Romulans living, living in squalor?
0: <laughs> I mean, that could be something to explore. It could be that the military just kind of said like, well, screw you guys. If you weren't part of the Romulan Star Empire's military or the Tal Shiar, eh, you're on your own. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think
1: cable. You were mentioning earlier that, uh, like, where were the where were the Klingons in all of this?
2: The, yeah, that's one of my favorite things to wonder about because it, it's not usually there's some mention of the big powers, so that like, oh, so and so, like, where are the Klingons in all this? Well, they're busy doing this, this, and this. Um, I think someone else, I think Matthew may have pointed out they also when we last saw the klingons they were occupying cardassian space
0: yeah and they were kind of going back to quote the old ways yeah they had a, they got a taste for battle and they forgot how much they liked it but the the trick
2: is is if they're they're doing that then are they in like have they annexed cardassia is cardassia now part of the klingon emperor, empire um or did something else happen to the Klingons and that's why they are just out of the picture?
0: I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to explore. I, I can't imagine the Federation being cool with the Klingons just flat out annexing Cardassia. Cardassian no, space, No. Um, nor could I imagine the Bajorans being cool with it. Probably not. But at the same time... Oh, man. Yeah, like, if their
2: resources are that stretched... What, what can they possibly do
0: about it? Right. Um, like if they, I mean, I... They had kind of... Sorry, go ahead. As I was gonna say, I do know, I don't think I want them as like a villain again. I don't either. There are plenty of characters out there that can be villains. Yeah. Um, I think with Picard, the series has introduced a more gray outlook on how the star how starfleet's been operating mm-hmm. so I think a season two of picard could be about how you know what we gotta we have to go back to the way we were starfleet's been operating basically out of fear and paranoia for the last 20 years yep like that's how they've been running the show and how do they get back the the trust of being primarily a scientific and peacekeeping organization not something that's probably the, they spent the last 20 years building up for defense only. Like, oh, oh fuck, it's going to come. So let, let's be ready. Let, yep. Let's be ready for whatever comes at us. You know? I think that could be something kind of interesting to to explore.
2: Um, I am also hoping that they go back to the XBs. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think that feels like that would honor Hugh since that was his last request to Picard. Right. T- someone needs to speak for the XBs, and who better to do that than Locutus of Borg?
0: Right. Uh, oh, man, how great, though, was Patrick Stewart's reaction when he hears one of the XBs call him Locutus. Oof. Like, that messes with him hard. Yep.
1: That was, um, <coughs> I mean, this kind of opens up a bigger uh, t- line of conversation, but uh, that that particular scene is an example of ways in which they actually could have like made this season quite a bit longer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I know that's not the standard anymore, 26 episodes, but there were a lot of things that were very kind of fly by and I would have gladly spent more time uh, discussing them or you know, like watching the characters discuss it and mm-hmm. sort of reveal more deeply what that's all about.
0: Right.
2: I do think they did a a fairly good job of not just like I see this in a lot of sci-fi where they bring up uh, ethical or moral questions that have no easy answers. And they do it in such a way that they kind of hit the bullet points of it and then move on. Um, This is what I always said about uh, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica would bring up all kinds of ethical and moral quandaries give you the bullet points and then go back to shooting Cylons out of the sky. (laughs) Um, But it allowed the viewers of the show to sit down and continue the discussion that they would then attribute to how good the show was. Um, I felt that Picard was they they had those longer discussions Um, and in such a way where it's like we're not going to get the answer out of this, but we are going to continue to move forward. And we're going to keep talking about this. And they kind of do like that. There is a constant conversation about the morals and the ethics around the synthetic life and what it means to let them do their own thing or whether they should be controlled, whether they should be destroyed the the whole topic of what do we do with Borg that are not Borg anymore and who are they and how do we you know what do we do with them Mm -hmm. um and that is still a topic that is very much on the forefront of Seven of Nines mind and on card now now that everything else has been fixed sort of
0: right um yeah, and there's some stuff with Seven you can kind of explore. I mean, she 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 slightly hinted that one of the things that scared her about plugging back into the collective is that she may not want to leave. There was a strange comfort to willingly going back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I remember just a pure fanboy stance when she did that. I was so excited. I was like, oh, you guys are screwed. <laughs> She's going to turn the collective on. You guys are boned. And then you know, the Romulan sister just airlocks all of them. I'm like, oh, that was dark. Yeah, was. <laughs> that was super dark. Um,
2: I, I, think, uh, I think this is one of Peyton List's, my, my favorite characters that Peyton List has played. Like I've enjoyed her in bit parts of other shows that she's been in, but man, she was just a vicious bitch. And I <laughs> loved it
0: yeah I could do without the slightly hinted incestuous Game of Thrones thing going on with her and her brother.
1: That was probably the worst part about the whole scene. Mm. It was not only like poorly executed, I feel, but yeah,
0: yeah, I was like, all right, I don't this doesn't work with these characters. yeah, come it, on it
1: felt it felt forced. I don't know if it was the dialogue or the acting or a combination of things but it just it didn't even like read as genuine and even if it had i didn't need it
0: mm-hmm. right there's sure. plenty
1: of ways to create a like a a contentious you know like we can't stand each other but we can't be apart type of brother sister relationship and, well, and he
0: even it. he even hinted that she was the favored child and that he was the one that the family was constantly disappointed in yep. i mean there's your tension between those two right there because she's like listen brother I believed in you and you're disappointing me too. No wonder father and mother hated you. You didn't need to add the weird like, mm, are they going to make out now? Because that's extra evil. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't need that. That's,
1: yeah, I didn't. Stop it. Yeah. Pass.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, that's probably my least favorite aspect to Picard was that, that implied. Movie. That's fair. Um, although speaking of which, uh, whatever I think of, um, my, 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 my. what's his name uh uh uh, uh Narek. harry treadway yeah uh,
2: i think uh in much the same way that this is my favorite villain that i've seen peyton list play um because mm-hmm. she's played golden glider and poison ivy on flash and gotham respectively right um I think this is my least favorite character that I've seen Harry Treadway play. Okay, that's fair. I have to like, double check, see what he's played before. Uh, did you watch Penny Dreadful? No. Okay. He it, His character in there is not dissimilar to Narek. I feel like Narek was a little... Oh, he plays Dr. Frankenstein? Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah, he does. Okay. Um,
1: that show's been on my list for a number of years and I never got around to it.
2: Um, it's fun. It is a lot of great background uh, TV fun. Um, Aaron, you should watch it for Timothy Dalton alone.
0: <laughs> oh, well, that changes things. Okay. <laughs>
2: um, he yeah. Watch it for Timothy Dalton. You'll enjoy it. Um, trying to remember, I think the other male lead in that is Josh Hartnett um, who does a, a, a great... Like, I don't want to name these characters because part of the naming is giving... It gives things away about them. Yeah. Um, and then Ava Green is in it and she's just fantastic,
0: period. I might give it a shot. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of where the series will go. I mean, we're clearly, I think we're going to get two more seasons, actually. I think it's going to be three. It feels like it's a a
2: three-part story. Like, this was the beginning, the second season is the middle, and the third season will be the end. Right. I'm hoping. I I feel like they've got, if they do ten episodes each season, we'll have 30 solid episodes. Right. This. Oh, huge, epic! Shit, I
0: want his housemates back. Oh, the his, yeah. the, the Romulan couple, the the, okay. the two ex Tal people that live on the mm-hmm. vineyard with him. Yep, I love those two. The Romulan vintners. Yeah, yeah, I totally want those two back for sure. I do too. I want them a lot. I yeah. really like them. Um, I think. I know it's not been confirmed, but I can't imagine it not happening. I think I think Whoopi Goldberg's involvement is very much going to influence what season two is about. Because they mentioned on the Ready Room, they've already read like Patrick Stewart and... Um, Allison Pill. Yeah, have already... They know stuff already. Yes. Like one of them already knows like a story point. And they know different story points, so they couldn't even tell each other. Right. So...
2: Yeah, uh, Stuart said that he, he 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 knew something about season two, and he couldn't say anything about it. Right. And Allison Pill knew something specific about her character for season two, but couldn't talk about that.
0: Okay. okay. Uh, Bean, how are you liking that uh Grandpa Grandpa Riker energy getting off there when he was on the bridge, wearing his uniform <laughs> again?
1: Um, you know, I it's a mixed bag. Um
0: you know, like your space daddy getting old. Uh, his age
1: is definitely starting to show. I think it's been a while since I've seen his face and, uh, or, and I mean, maybe they aged him up a little bit for the show. Um, uh, but I just feel like the last for a while now, the last, the, the, all of the imagery that I've seen of him was not quite that old. And now he's like appearing more as his real, at his real age. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, And it was, uh, the reason I had mixed feelings is because the one, you know, it seemed as though the one episode he was going to be in, he's just sort of, you know, settled down. That's not exciting. That's not Riker. Oh my God. He's never struck me as a settle down kind of guy. But, you know, then he, lo and behold, he shows up at the, you know, at the last minute to save the day. And he's like, wait, you think I was gonna let you have all the fun?
0: Yeah. He's even doing, he's even doing that Riker lean in the chair. Oh, yeah, he is. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, Vamp, I'll be right back. All right. I mean, just, I'll be right back.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so, when you get to the...
1: Cut me off while you're gone.
2: I, that's not how any of this works.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Damn it. But why can't it?
2: Because we live in now and not the future that's behind us. I know. Anyway. It, I. I don't make the rules. Um <laughs> Sorry, Irma says yellow alert. Um, Burnt tomato? No, no. Probably drug dealers. Um, or another dog. No, that wasn't her other dog, Bark. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Frakes was talking about uh, on the ready room that when they, they initially approached him about directing episodes of Picard and he's like yeah sure that'll be great whoa and you disappeared
1: sorry I'm right here (laughs) I'm listening
2: and (laughs) it was just weird you stood up and you became part of the background
1: no I took the computer because I needed to grab Uh, something that was behind it
2: I see Um, and then uh, but he ended up like while he was directing the episode they're like so we also need you to come back to play Riker. (laughs) He's like, wait, what? He's like, I I just thought this was going to be great. And he's like, no, no, this is... It's like, we want to do an episode that's centered around you and Troy. We're talking to Marina already. So.
1: That was a great episode. I think it was... I think they did a good job of sort of, like, turning it into a bottle episode in terms of nostalgia porn and kind of hashing stuff out and just like just putting this like one squishy center in the season. That's nothing but emotion really. Uh, and then back we go to the space adventure.
2: Yeah. And that was also the episode where Hugh ends up dying. So it was like, there was a lot of emotional impact all throughout that episode. Um, oh man. Yeah. Like I, I had still not recovered from the events of season uh, episode five of Seven having to perform a mercy killing on Echeb. Um, which still like it, it wasn't until the end of the series where I'm like, okay, I think I'm finally past that, so I'll be able to rewatch everything else again. Um but just seeing Riker and Troy together and going, oh yay, they're happy and they're together and everything's great, and oh, except they have a dead kid. Okay. So they didn't get their happy ever after. This is this is yeah. awful. They got happy-ish. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean who uh, who really gets a happily ever after? I don't I prefer mm. the idea of something that like seems idyllic but you know there's there's like a dark past type of no, situation because I think that's more
2: relatable. But that's that's just the trick is we're not used to that out of Star Trek. That's true. We are used to things being utopian and being all right, and even if there is some tragedy, well, you know, like even with the ending of Deep Space Nine, we still don't know where the fuck Cisco is, but everything still seems to be okay. Right. Um, everyone is just fine being a tragic character. It's as if they're all in a um, a Kira Kurosawa movie, um, yeah. but. This was the first, like, as, as they did with Picard almost from the get-go in the show, is they took these characters that were icons and infallible and, and idols for us to look up to and went, yeah, we're going to strip all of that away and turn these back into human beings. And we're going to make them feel and hurt and love and hate. And you're going to watch it and that's like you're right that's all that episode ended up being is you got nothing but raw emotion going on with um both troy and Riker. like every time ugh, there was nothing more soul crushing or that hurt so much than both picard and troy telling each one another the lie of we're fine right that ugh, that was so heartbreaking
0: yeah, and it just, and it also felt very honest. Yeah, in that in that moment, which is I something I feel like that was the theme of a lot of Picard. It was um, it was still trying to be Trek in terms of we can be better. We've been bad for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's show you how we can be better. Um, you know, this is a series that was written in our current political and global world. Yep. And Patrick Stewart like flat out says it. He's like, this is a series that is coming out after the massive mistake that is Brexit. And he doesn't hold back how he feels about that. Like at all. Nope. Um, Not even a little, not even a little bit. Um, And I think what Picard does is it can kind of, it holds up a mirror and said, here's everything you've done wrong. In the last twenty years, that has led to this. So now we're going to show you how to make it be better. We're gonna yep. we're gonna do what we can. So, um, I think that's the strongest thing with with the series. I I mean, agree. With that. There are a few times it does kind of dip into the nostalgia bath territory, but I'm okay with that. It's fine. I I heard someone tell me that. The only way Picard ever really works is when it's tapping into those nostalgia moments, and I just I didn't agree with that assessment. Um, I think those moments were fun, and they made me excited. But that is not that is not where the, that is not the only place the show works. Sure, for me.
1: Well, you weren't uh, you weren't in here when I mentioned it, but I was talking about how I felt like uh, the Nepente episode. Uh, is the most nostalgic and the most emotional, and it's also sort of a bottle episode. It's not the focus of the show at all.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's not.
1: And so, I don't know, to say that the only time it works is when it's being nostalgic, as uh, the show, the only time it works is when it's being nostalgic, <clears throat> would be to say that none of the show worked.
0: Right, and I think that's this argument this person was trying to make with me, is that it didn't work unless it was being nostalgic, and I just didn't agree with that.
1: But- I think... I think like most uh, revivals of, of something in pop culture, the best examples of that, of, of, of a revival concept are when it only sprinkles in the nostalgia, but tries to be something that can be enjoyed by someone who has no or only a very little amount of background information. It's so like right. I've only watched a, like, a specific you know, sprinkling of you know the most important Star Trek Enterprise uh, or Next Gen shows, but it didn't take away from my appreciation of this series. Even if I didn't know who the fuck Hugh was, it was still it still mattered to me.
0: Right. <laughs> still means you haven't seen that episode. Kind of means I didn't put on the list. Huh. That, oh.
1: That's your list, buddy.
0: I know. Um. I think if it had been nothing but nostalgia, if it had only made you, if if the series Picard only made you think about what was in terms of TNG, then it would have been a narrative failure. Because if you're telling, then what's the point? If you're just going to reference, if you're just going to spend 10 episodes making you think about what you loved, about what was, then what was the point of making it? And Picard doesn't do that. It tells a new story with characters who have grown and evolved could have had good times and bad. Uh,
1: so that brings up a question that I had wanted to ask.
0: Mm, uh, mm-hmm.
1: uh, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. You're killing
2: me, Smalls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> way to go, Monty. Um, so we talked about it earlier. It seems like they had started writing the show or plotting it out in a way that's dictated a single season show like a limited series little cutie Um, but then at the last minute they sort of turn it back around i.e Picard is supposed to die and then he doesn't they find a way to bring him back right and uh I don't know to me that felt like a cop-out but I hadn't really thought about the, the kind of more meta components of like oh well we, we were, we were going to wrap it in one and now we have more, so we had to change it around. Right. Do you think that you could have this series without the character Picard in it?
0: Um, no, because I think it's all... Because so much of what drives the story going forward is a combination of his regret and his need to make things right on various levels. Um, Just from a story plot point, if, I think just from a a story plot point, everything, if if you don't have Picard in it, the Romulans would have won. Narek or whatever would have gotten through the Soji the Zad Vash would have gone to the planet and killed them all, and that would have been
1: it. Sorry, I don't mean uh, this. Like after season one, if they had actually killed him off, the way mm. we implying was going to happen at the end of the season.
2: That's what I thought you meant. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Well, ha- how would? Do you think that they could have continuing seasons of Picard if there is no Picard?
2: Um, I think they would have had to have named it something to begin different to start with. But yes, I do think they could have killed him off um, in the first season and then continued with the cast as it was uh, in the second season. Largely because then you would just slot um, Jerry Ryan in as your series regular.
1: Ooh, yeah. So right.
2: that people have, still have someone long term to, to get... <laughs> so that uh, Star Trek fans still have it's like magic is that your replicator is working again good good job. Computer um, wine red
1: Thank you computer.
2: Oh yeah like mentioning in the chat much the way the uh, the show the closer turned into major crimes Oh right um, or more recently the way the show Roseanne turned into the, the
0: Connors. The
2: yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, so Patrick Stewart's not a racist conspiracy theorist. This is true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was say much how like Happy Days gave birth to Mork and Mindy, but that would be a horrible analogy. Uh, Chaz, but.
1: Laverne and Shirley gave birth to Happy Days?
0: No. Did no, you- everything the other came... Way around. Everything came out of Love American Style, Mm -hmm. which spun on to Happy Days, and Happy Days begat Laverne and Shirley, so did Mork and Mindy, and um, Um, Johnny Loves Chachi. Johnny Loves Chachi. Um, I feel like there was one more. I want to feel like Archie Bunker also came out of Happy Days. Because the Jeffersons came out of Archie Bunker. This is a whole other show. We can't go down this slide. Yeah,
2: I, 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 I feel like all the family. How is this
0: family... Star
1: Trek talk? I don't understand.
0: <laughs> um, anyway.
1: Well, they could have kept the name if, if Picard died and Seven becomes the captain. And then they just changed the name of La Serena to Picard.
0: You can't change the name of a ship. That's very bad luck. Yep. And that ship already has a captain. Yeah, it does. Rios. Well, like, what, if the, you would...
1: what is Picard's role on that ship then?
2: Or just Picard a... was an admiral. And he... In
1: Starfleet. But La Serena is not part of Starfleet.
2: Yeah, it's a private no. ship. Yeah, so his, his role on that ship was
0: passenger. Right. Uh, his role was the old man wanting to do it one more time.
1: Yep. He was, the, he was the client.
0: Yep. Rios like admitted that uh,
2: uh, like he,
1: that he's Oh! Sack is pointing out they named uh, they changed the name of a ship to the Defiant after the original Defiant was destroyed.
0: It's Although still bad it's luck. Not a,
1: it's not a ship ship. It's a. Uh, it's a what's it?
0: Well the Defiant is a ship.
1: But isn't it like a little ship that goes inside the big ship?
0: But still, a ship
2: though. No, the Defiant was the Defiant was not a shuttlecraft. The Defiant was
0: was bigger than that. Yeah, it didn't go into its own bigger ship though.
1: Oh, it did not. I thought I thought the Defiant fit within the Enterprise.
0: It does. No,
2: no, it doesn't.
1: That's why they haven't. It can.
2: No, the Enterprise E allowed the Defiant to dock. In one of their hangars, when it was damaged during the fight with the Borg in first contact,
0: no, it's sal- it's adrift. He even says it. The Defiant, Riker says adrift, but salvageable.
2: Oh, oh, you're right. They they just beamed everybody off of it, didn't they? Yeah. Okay, my mistake. So it's not. Yeah, it's too big to. Yeah, it's too. It's big. It's big. It requires a space station. Yes. Which is why it was docked at Deep Space Nine. I mean, if it has has its its own U.S., then
1: it has to be its own ship.
2: Yeah. Hi, Lindsay. Hi,
0: Greg.
1: I thought I saw a cute panda. Not panda. A cute raccoon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you could continue on the series if if they'd have let Picard stay dead. Right. Could have continued the series with that crew, you've got to get a reason for them to stick together. He's kind of the glue. So you'd have to have created a reason for them to stay bonded. Some kind of, you know, see the mission through or something. You'd have to give them a reason.
2: I think that would be, that would fall to Rafi. Probably. Rafi would be the one that would bond everyone together. And that would, that. that would allow Rios to kind of, It would affirm his mantle as captain. Yeah, he's the captain of his own ship, but he has no crew. Now he has a crew, and now he has an example of what captains look like and what he should be aiming for as captain, and he would keep following that.
0: Right. Although I think Rios already had that in the previous captain. True. The one that was killed. You know...
1: idea of Rafi being the sort of the one that brings and keeps them all together though because she has she does have this sort of like fucked up mom vibe like she's she's a mess but you love her you still right. love her you know
2: yeah and that uh, I I think that's part of her power is that again like being unassuming and being kind of a fuck up allows her to investigate things that someone else would like they're like they're getting too close to the answer kill them they're like ah no she's she's never going to figure anything out it's like she had this shit figured out three years ago dude
0: yeah except <laughs> except she's they all know that she's a crazy drug addicted person who lives out near Vasquez rocks
2: so no one's ever going to take her seriously no and that's that is her advantage over everybody um, yeah I, th- I think it's part that and part like what Bean was saying that it's Also, uh, a bit of uh, this. She's still being a mother to everyone. Uh, I'm always cautious with that because I don't want to just paint her into the role of maternal character, right? Because she's not that either. Like
1: you can be a mom and not be maternal.
2: Yeah, because she she also still scares me a little, (laughs) which I, I think is you know part of what she's supposed to do. Like, we've watched her, while stoned and drunk, weasel uh, information out of a Starfleet, a a very decorated Starfleet officer. Right. Like, you're going to do me a favor. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. God damn it, I am. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah,
1: she's she's got connections. She knows how to kind of hustle people a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and if that's her operating at like even sixty percent, we're not prepared for her one hundred percent ever.
0: Right, <laughs> we're just not. No, not at all. Um. So yeah, I mean, what are you I'm trying to think? What else? Because we got to wrap up the show here pretty soon. Yeah. Sorry, folks who just signed in. Jeez. <laughs> um, oh, um, so let's say that Guinan is because, is showing up in season two. What do you think her involvement is? How does how does that impact the story? If you were to kind of do a quick season two breakdown,
2: I think it depends. Uh, I talked to a friend at work about this. I think it depends on what her relationship with Picard is at present. Like if she's shows up and their reunion is friendly and amicable, and they're moving and. Then that kind of informs. Maybe he's taking on an even bigger task. Um, but if it's adversarial, like it could very well be that she comes in to go. You done fucked up, right? And then it becomes something even like, what did he fuck up? Did, right? Did he? Did he fuck up by helping the synths? Did he fuck up by? turning the Borg into sympathetic
0: characters. <laughs> I mean, which is interesting because Guinan's already been there with Hugh. Yeah. You know, she was the person who was the most adamant to not bring Hugh onto the Enterprise. And there's that, I love that fencing scene between between Guinan and Picard where she fakes an injury and when he goes to see if she's okay, she just stabs him. Mm-hmm. She's like, You felt sorry for me, look what it got you. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's a great, it's, oh, you gotta watch iBorg, Yes, yeah, you, you, you should just watch it tonight when we're oh, done so here.
1: That's the, the stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah, iBorg is one iborg. season five or six, I think five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's really good. Boop. But she's mentioned, like, the Borg basically like, spread her, I think her line is, they spread my people to the four winds, or to the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, the word. S- scattered? Okay. Um... I mean, in I-Borg, she starts as very anti-Borg, doesn't believe they can be redeemed, but I don't think she feels that way by the end of I-Borg. No. Guinan,
1: like, she, saying. yeah.
0: Guinan, yeah.
2: She, she's against the plan. So, the, like, there are defi- definite plot points from Next Gen and from uh, Picard that will she will definitely have an opinion about. Right. So
1: I, I, I can see a pretty good outline of like what her role would be in in the second season then, because almost certainly, like, I mean, like logically speaking, the second season would have a lot to do with, okay, well now what do we do with all these scents that have been created secretly and are way more advanced than, um, than what we were used to before shit hit the fan? And... Uh, Guinan coming in as someone who was very adamantly anti Borg previously, probably still is,
0: but she wasn't anti synth, like she was friends with data, Um, yeah. And and she even has that great line in measure of a man when Picard's when he when Picard goes to talk to her on 10 forward, and you know, she says, You know, an entire army of data's you've got perfect labor. And Picard's like, you're talking about slavery. And she says, well, that's kind of harsh, isn't it? Knowing that's exactly what she's saying. And he's like, no, you're right. You've been dancing around the word, but that's exactly what we're making. We are trying to create an army of slaves. Which they kind of did in the opening season of Picard. Yep, Like, they kept making sense. They just took away any of their free will. Mm -hmm. So... I would think that if the Planet of Sins found that out, that would not track well with them. Probably not. Um, Because I think you can make the argument that that Planet of Sins don't necessarily realize that Starfleet actually created basically a drone labor class because it's kind of, I think it's implied that they have no outside communication. They just send an emissary every few years And they've Mm -hmm. been whacked every time. They're like, oh, they didn't come back. I guess it's just dangerous out there. I guess we'll just keep doing this.
1: Oh, this rings a bell.
0: Um, And then there's also, as much as I want to be like, I want this character back. I want this character back. um, There are a few things I would love to explore. Um, I actually would like to see what happened with Janeway because she was in theory, Seven's biggest vocal advocate, and apparently that did not go well. Uh, No. So I wonder, is Janeway culpable in some of the actions that Starfleet took later on? Um, And I also want to know, out of everyone, I want to know what happened to the Doctor, to Robert Picardo's character. Um, Because he's, he does not consider, he knows he's a hologram, but he also believes he's alive. He is sentient.
1: Um, as far as Janeway goes, I would imagine that she sort of ended up in the same boat as Picard, uh, more or less where, you know, the, as, as Picard said, Starfleet changed. It just, it wasn't the same Starfleet that he, that he joined the, um, the beliefs changed or the, the reasons for acting or what decisions were made seem to have changed and people weren't doing the right making the right choices for the right reasons anymore i would guess that janeway f- ended up feeling the same way if that's you know if that's how if that's the universe that picard lives in then i would say that's right the same, the same world that janeway mm-hmm. is in, where they've exp- they you know they explored the universe and they had a lot of experiences and met a lot of different races and there are their eyes were opened up to a lot of different perspectives. Meanwhile, the assholes in San Francisco are the ones making the decisions yeah. and kind of going off of old old information and relying on their their sort of confined humanistic uh, cultural views uh, and I mean and isn't that the whole point of Picard is that it's it's a it's a it's a mirror into the the societies the, the governments that we're dealing with right now mm-hmm. it's all yeah. very it's all very nationalist but in a very negative connotation where it's like it's us and they're them and they're different and we don't give a shit about whatever they're doing whatever they need we just want to do things our way for us right I would, see Jane, I would expect Janeway f- would feel the same way and be like, fuck you guys, I'm out, because you're all selfish assholes and there's a whole other galaxy out there of people to care about.
2: Yep. So, do you see her going the same route as Seven and maybe working with Fenris?
1: But that would be awesome, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't it, uh, know her well enough to, to, to feel like I can answer that
2: question. Sure. Here's a thing that uh, Matthew found out um, because we've been, we've been watching this a lot of this together and having these conversations as well of like, where's everybody else from all the other shows? Like, where's Jordy? Where, where's, like, I'd love to know where Major Kira is
0: or Colonel Kira is. Um, I just assume whatever they said on what we left behind is what Kira's doing. The do, the DS9 documentary. Oh, right, right. Um But the
2: the the point that um Matthew found out, he's like, so it's like we don't know like if you think about Voyager, a lot of the Maquis, would they have gone back and tried to join Starfleet or would they have gone the way of trying to find something that was similar to their values? Right. Maybe Venrus Rangers and he brought up the point that I don't believe it's ever said on screen, but Robert Beltran has talked about the fact that uh, Chakotay's spirit animal is the wolf.
0: And Fenris is a fucking wolf. Oh, shit, that's right. That could be cool. That's something fun to kind of play around with. Yeah.
1: Sack is mentioning the same thing in the chat, too. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He says Taurus would have been the one uh, running Fenris.
2: Like, it it also is entirely possible that Chakotay may have died and a bunch of people that, like, Taurus and Seven of Nine may have founded Fenris in his honor. Oh,
0: there you go. Maybe. I know that Robert Beltram does not want to come back to Trek. I know he doesn't. That dude will never come back to Trek. Which is uh, they did him wrong, yeah, they did a and lot. And,
2: I, and I'm sorry for that, like i i I think he got he got the short end of the stick for a lot-
0: I mean, we all know that uh Harry Kim would probably still be an ensign
2: i still I want to see Garrett Wang uh be Captain Harry Kim and knowing that things are broken in Starfleet and has been has spent his career trying to fix it from the inside because. From a
0: character standpoint, that feels exactly like yeah. What he's the he's a huge idealist. Yes. Well,
1: hold on a second. Uh, uh so Chakotay. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I already forgot his name.
2: Robert yeah. Beltran. Robert, yeah, Robert Beltran. Beltran.
1: Okay, so Robert Beltran uh, got kind of screwed over, and you don't see him ever coming back. But what about Kate Mulgrew? You think she'd actually come back to Star Trek?
0: Um, she's hinted at a couple of the cons that she doesn't really have a big interest to come back. Mm. She loves Although, the fans. She is she, a
1: classy bitch, and if they asked her to, she probably would.
0: Possibly the thing maybe. with the thing or with the her right thing. is that she adores the fans, um, but her her experience on the show was not pleasant. And no. that's and that's almost all bourbon and Braga. It's a different show now, so maybe she'd be treated differently. But like at the time they were filming Voyager, she was also. a a single mom with like two teenage kids and they would tell her like, well, too bad. It's a 16 hour day. And you're the captain of the ship, which means you don't, we're not going to film around you. Like they were shitty to her. You know, I think I've told story before, but her last day of filming Voyager ever, the director said that's a wrap on, on her. And they turned the lights off. There was no wrap party.
1: Yes, you've mentioned it. You've mentioned it many times. Yeah,
0: well, it's just so infuriating. Like Robert Picardo was the only one that like brought her a cake.
1: No, no, no. It's it's it's. I think at this point, it's a well-known fact that like she she got a shitty deal. In they all did. Her entire time in Star Trek.
2: They uh, all did. I'm I'm still surprised that Jerry Ryan came back. Like she had a horrible time. Um, Robert Beltran had a horrible time. It,
0: yeah, I think only Picardo did okay, but he's such an old school TV guy. He's like, eh, it's a gig. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna just, just gonna ride it out.
1: Yep. Um, uh, back when I was doing uh, Trekucation, I ended up reading the 50 Year Mission, mm-hmm. and it was the first 50 years, and then the second 50 years. I only made it through most of the first 50 uh and i actually had to stop because it only went it we had only gotten as far as enterprise and i didn't want to spoil anything on enterprise so i actually don't know any essentially dirt beyond voyager but every every series within the star trek universe has a lot of shitty off stage behavior
0: yeah (laughs) Most
1: of it comes from the production groups and the writing rooms. There's a little bit of like, you know, beef between actors, but not, not really. It's, it's really all about the people who were in charge, which surprise, surprise, it was mostly white (laughs) dudes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, listeners. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I don't know. There's things they want, I would like to explore, but I also don't want these new Trek shows to just be like, look who we brought back. Hey. You know no. uh, like, I wa- right. it's gotta be original storytelling. I mean they would have gotten Patrick Stewart back if it would have been like, Hey, Picard's back and it's TNG phase two. Like, no, he wouldn't have come back. And I don't want yeah. Patrick.
2: Like he turned them like the original pitch that they brought to him. He said, Nah, thanks. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Like they I had to Oh yeah, Uh, Siobhan talks again, Siobhan talks about in the ready room. It's like Patrick turned them down at least once or maybe twice. And it wasn't until they brought Siobhan on and he came with the treatment that Stuart went, wait this is different. This is interesting. Let's talk more. I'm interested to
1: know what those other pitches were.
2: Well, the the pitch that won Stuart over to join still is not the show we watched at all. Like yeah. it, that that pitch was still. They threw that out and all worked, collaborated together, and came up with the show that we all watched. So hmm? who knows? Yeah.
1: I would still be curious to see like what those first ideas were that he sure. passed on. Just just to know right. like what people thought was a good enough reason to bring back. So, the next-gen uh, entities.
2: Here's your mission: Go to a convention with either Patrick Stewart or Michael Shabon. Yeah, get him drunk, get him talking. Patrick Stewart,
0: You get him stoned.:
2: I can see that
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, totally see that. Yeah, we should probably start to wrap up the show here. I, I I would agree, yeah,
2: mostly because I can smell dinner downstairs. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yes. We'll be right over. I don't I don't know what it
0: is. But oh, we'll still be right good. over. Uh, a quick little note with our um, sponsors: Guardian Games is still open and is doing online ordering and curbside pickup. Guardian Games is not open to the public.
2: They are yeah. doing online orders and and uh, curbside pickup. But okay. I, I, I need to make that
1: planning at first
2: because we still have motherfuckers showing up and. Just trying oh, to come in? Doors. Yes. I Yeah.
1: I don't try to go anywhere. Well, I mean, I don't try to go anywhere for the most part, but I don't try to go anywhere anymore without first checking, are you even there? Am I right. allowed to go in when I get there?
2: I don't know how I'm supposed to be able to take the world and grab it by the shirt collars and shake it vigorously and go, it's a global pandemic. Are you fucking kidding me?
0: But I got to get um, my single cards.
2: You're not wrong. You are oh, 100%
0: know. not wrong. I know. You gotta get him. Uh, so
1: what, I am, I've never been happier to be just like a straight up TV person. Other people have all kinds of hobbies and activities that they like to do. I'm pretty content to watch a lot of TV for most of my free time, which is all of it now. <laughs> I'm doing alright.
0: Uh, I wish I was allowed to do that. Allowed? Uh, it's, a, it's a thing. Moving on. It's a thing. Well, I have work I have to do too. So yeah, Bridge or uh, on, uh, Guardian Games online orders only, and then yep. they do curbside pickup. Also, yep. uh, it's only card transactions, right? That is correct. No cash. No cash. cash.
1: Are we paying online first, and then we pick up our stuff?
2: Yeah, everything is. Uh, usually, we just call you for payment. If you want to do PayPal, there's an additional five dollar charge. So everyone's like, eh, nah. yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, Bridgety Comics. I think is kind of a similar boat. Online orders only. I actually just read that they have been curating like gift packs or collections and stuff. Yes. Um, also, okay. it's their 15th anniversary. So happy anniversary, of Bridge City Comics. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, he opened on April Fool's Day. <laughs> yep.
1: Yes, happy anniversary.
0: Yeah.
1: Or happy birthday. What's, what's correct here?
0: Whatever. Uh, Bridge City Comics can get its driver's permit now, get its yeah. owner's permit.
1: Um, and they are also expanding their website so you can actually browse the stuff that they have. That way, if you're like, you know, you want something or you want to support them, but you don't know what to get, uh, it's still in development. I know that Merrick is hard at work at that, but she has. Merrick has
2: spent the better part of a week and a half building everything that they have needed for their online store. Yeah. I'm
1: kind of envious. I would love to be doing that. Um, but the point is. Yep. If you if you want to peruse some racks as though you were actually inside BCC, you can sort of do that right now.
0: Yes,
2: <laughs>
1: that's what go. I said. There you go, cable. I, I... That's what I said.
0: Yep. So I got my books last week from Bird City Comics, and even though there aren't any new books coming out, they still have a very extensive collection of single issues and graphic novels, and all kinds of good stuff, so yep. there are still plenty of comics to be had, and you can always just get gift certificates also.
1: That's true.
0: So, um, yeah, same with Asylum. Uh, check out their Facebook page, and if there's something you really, really want, reach out to them uh, via Facebook, and they will make some kind of arrangements for you. Yep. So yeah, they will. All of our friends are still out there, so do what you can to to support them so that we can all get through this.
2: Uh. I do know that this is going to be
0: Guardian's reality at least until the end of April at this point. So I think it's going to be everyone's reality. Everybody's, yep. Um, uh, Kevin is reminding me to go to patreon.com forward slash (laughs) geek in the city. Thanks, Kevin. Yes, do that. (laughs) Kevin is officially our hype man. Yeah, I know, man. We got to do it. But uh, other than that, we'll be back next week because what else are we going to do? Go to work. Watch out oh, for right. snakes. Uh, You're huge. Doesn't work that way. No, it maybe, we can, oh. maybe we can. Maybe we can also rude. schedule. Maybe we can also schedule some like, just general like listener hangout, and we can just unmute everybody, and everybody can hang out or whatnot sometime during the week. Yeah. That's possible. Yeah, figure something I,
2: out. I also have a uh, Zoom on my phone, so I can walk yeah. around. Yeah,
0: yeah, we can figure talk. it all out. I can always host. Because I got the pro account, so Ooh. it's the only way to go beyond forty minutes. I I'm aware. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a tax write off. <laughs> I hope. Yes. Anyway, with all that being said, uh, I am Aaron Duran. I'm Bina Rita. I'm Jean Luc Picard. God damn it! <sighs> I, it threw me off completely. Uh, Thanks for listening to Geek in the City Radio. We will talk to everybody next week. Watch out for snakes.
2: I'm here!